I think, uh, and that's part of it is I think that people don't know how to react. They don't know what to say. Um, it, it, it's difficult. Um, I think the support was there, but it was also, it was kind of, what do you do? Because um, you don't want to not get work or you don't, but you also don't want to overwhelm the person with too much work either, right? So how do you find that balance? You don't want to be like, well, I can't give her that project because she has this new diagnosis, or I can't not give her that project because she has that diagnosis. So it was a, a little dance, right? Because it was new for me, but it was also new for my employer. Um, and just also the way that it kind of, the news came out wasn't, wasn't the way that I wanted it to be shared. Uh, I was very cautious about it, but once it kind of spread, I thought I'm leaning into this. Hi everyone, welcome back to the All Inclusive Podcast. It's MS Awareness Week, and in today's episode, I'm joined by Sandy Diaz-Haley, founder and principal of SDH Communications. In this episode, Sandy shares her journey with multiple sclerosis and how it has impacted her career. She also provides valuable tips on how employers and individuals can create a supportive and inclusive work environment for people with MS and other chronic illnesses or disabilities. As always, before jumping into the video, make sure to hit that subscribe button, turn on your notification bell and follow on your favourite podcast platform so that you never miss an episode. That being said, let's jump in. Hi, Sandy. Hello, Natasha. Thank you so much for chatting today. I know. I'm so excited for this conversation today. Um, and today of all days, we are, it's MS Awareness Week. And I really am excited to have this conversation with you in particular, because I know about your background and your history and, and the work that you're currently doing now as well. It's so important. And I really want our listeners to hear a little bit more about your own personal journey and what you're up to today and in the future. So um, why not kick things off by telling us a little bit about yourself and where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my pleasure. So um, let's see. I'm originally from Lima, Peru. Uh, my family moved here to the US when I was six years old. And um, my professional background is I have 20 years of communications experience and the last five years really focusing, focusing specifically on diversity, equity, and inclusion, as well as employer brand. So that's just a little bit about my background. My previous role was uh, I was the VP of diversity, equity, inclusion for a large mortgage servicer in the U.S. And then um, this year, I've just launched my my own consultancy, communications consultancy, SDH, cons SDH Communications. As you can see, it's still fresh and new if I'm having a hard time pronouncing it myself. So very excited to, to kick that off. So yeah. Oh, great. So um, could you tell us a little bit about your journey with multiple cirrhosis and how that's impacted your career? Absolutely. So, okay, I'll put it this way. In 2014, um, well, there was a time in my career, and I'm kind of dating myself when I share this with you. I was working, uh, I had BlackBerry uh, as a client and was traveling through all of Latin America, had a team uh, across Latin America and was always on a plane uh, or, you know, the company was based in, uh, BlackBerry was, was uh, based in Waterloo uh, right outside of Toronto. So if I wasn't going to, to Latin America, I was in Canada and I was just always fatigued. And 
every time I would get on the plane, I would wear compression socks because I felt like my feet were always buzzing. Weird, I know. But um, you just kind of chalk it up to, well, I'm traveling. I'm so important. You know, I'm just like traveling so much and I'm always on the plane. You make up excuses for things, right? Mm. And so I was traveling a ton and uh, then I got engaged and my husband and I were working out, getting ready, getting all buff for our wedding in Mexico. And my left hand, the two fingers kind of started to kind of curl up and permanently like a claw. So I went to the doctor and I said, oh, it's a, it's a, it's a pinch nerve in your forearm. And I thought, okay, well, this makes sense because I'm working out my arms and I've never worked out my arms again, making up excuses as one does. Yeah. Um, had the surgery, physical therapy. And I said, you know, the, 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 this, the weird things in my legs and my feet are kind of starting to go up to my ribs. And I'm starting to kind of feel numb everywhere is what I told the physical therapist. And he said, oh, it's your sciatica. Oh yes, of course, my sciatica. So go on to our wedding. We get married in Mexico. And just on my wedding day, I was having a hard time walking. So I remember we were walking down the aisle, which was, you know, I'm barefoot on the beach, like, you know, one does in the movies mm-hmm. with the sunset behind you oh, and walking down the aisle. And I have my mom on one hand and my, or my dad on the other. And it's almost like they're helping me walk. And then the whole time when we're standing there at the, at the altar, I'm just kind of shaking. And in the wedding video, you can see that I'm kind of shaking. And then, you know, I'm a dancer. I love to dance. I'm trying to dance, but I'm just marking the moves. I can't do them full out. I'm like, I'm in Mexico. I'm ready to da 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 the whole thing. Yeah. And I, I can't. Someone says, um, hey, your, your shoe's over there. Why is your, I didn't even realize that I had one shoe off because my feet were so numb. I just was caught up in everything that was going on and didn't want to miss a thing, you know? So it was just something wasn't right. And then followed by our honeymoon, which I slept through. I slept through the whole thing. Um, we had our, we were in this little bungalow, like little tree house in Tulum. And I had to ask to, to, to change rooms because I couldn't make it up the stairs. I can't, I can't be climbing up to this tree house. <laughs> I know it's romantic, but I'm sorry, I can't do it. So we got back and, and I had an MRI and that's when, um, I discovered, we discovered the multiple sclerosis diagnosis. And it turns out that MS is, is really triggered quite a bit by stress and heat, hence the symptoms at our wedding on the beach in Mexico. Uh, okay. Yes. Okay. Long story short, uh, the diagnosis was the end came at the end of 2014. <clears throat> so, um, I've, I've, I've always been a very healthy person, always been a very active person, uh, you know, running, cycling, whatever that may be. And, uh, it was definitely quite a blow. Um, in my mind, I didn't know anything about MS. I didn't know what it was to be completely honest. I thought it was, um, I thought it was going to be something else. I, I was picturing myself like in a wheelchair and a walker and that I was going to, um, uh, I don't know that I was going to end up like with the shakes or something. I just had no idea. So the first thing I did was just get really smart, really start to research, but not too much. Cause you know, they say it can get a bit scary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when you Google, like sometimes when you Google your symptoms, you're just like, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I understand. Yes. And so just kind of researching, I went through the national MS society, um, cause that seemed to be a place that was, you know, backed by research and science and doctors, um, spent a lot of time looking at the resources there and, um, really tried to adjust to my new normal. 
Right. And it took, it took a minute. And then a few months later, um, I found out I was pregnant. <laughs> so I, I do want to say this, which is really cool about MS. They say, they call pregnancy an MS vacation. Oh, really? Because, yes. Because MS essentially is your body attacking itself. And so your body knows to protect the fetus. And so those nine months where I, I remember when I found out I was pregnant, I went and hid in the bathroom I, and I called a friend and I was, just, this is too much life. This is too much life happening at the same time. I just got married. I just got this diagnosis. I just bought a house and now you're putting this baby thing on me. And I remember her saying, you're married, you're 35, you're sneaking around in, in the house that you own with your husband, calm down, go tell, you know, go tell him what's going on. But it was just a lot of life happening at the same time, mm. but it was such a blessing to know that uh, one, that this could happen and it could happen so quickly, but also that, um, that I was, that I would feel so good for nine months after feeling so, so bad for so long. So it was, it was really a beautiful blessing. What do you so think, what do you think was a key factor in you kind of dealing with everything because like you said like life was just happening life was lifing <laughs> and, and things were coming left right and center and I know like you spoke with your friend and she was kind of a, a help for you but for you overall what do you think allowed you to really push through and see the positive um in in, in everything that was happening I think my my partner I think um, my husband has just always been a rock from day one. And I was single for a very long time. And so um, it was, you know, being, making yourself, allowing myself to be vulnerable, you know, but then also knowing, oh, I have this like life partner by my side who is there through thick and thin and um, is going to support me no matter what and be my rock uh, was, God, that was such, it was just incredible. In fact, so this was the end of 2014. Uh, in March of 2015, uh, he created a, a team for us. So the National MS Society has a fundraiser every year. It's Walk MS. And uh, he created a team, super cheesy. He named it after our wedding hashtag, Haley Ever After. So cheesy, I know. But, um, but it was, that was, I mean, our friends and family showed up. So we raised, I think we were the top fundraising team. We raised over $10,000 and um, we, we walked and um, I ended up doing a segment uh, on local, the, the U.S. Hispanic uh, news station to create awareness for that audience. And it was so special because our friends and family rallied around us and I just felt like, you know what, it's going to be okay. And I'll tell you something else. So like I said, my background is in communications, right? So when I did get this diagnosis, I said, I'm going to be the best damn thing that ever happened to MS. And I mean that. And, and that's why I thank you so much for having me on today, because I didn't know what MS was. And, um, and so it's really important to create that awareness, put it out there. And I'm so grateful that celebrities you know, like Selma Blair and, and, and some others have come out with their diagnosis and created so much awareness because we need that. That is the way we're going to advance. And that's the way we're going to find a cure for this damn thing. Um, it is just that 
No, definitely. And I'm so glad that you're here today to share your story and your journey. Um, I'm curious that, so in you reaching your diagnosis, you were doing a lot of traveling. You said your work involved a lot of traveling. So um, when you got your diagnosis, I'm, I'm guessing that kind of changed. How was that transition? How was it when you communicated that to your to your organization? Um, not great. <laughs> Not great. Um, I think, uh, and that's part of it is I think that people don't know how to react. They don't know what to say. Um, it, it, it's difficult. Um, I think the support was there, but it was also, it was kind of, what do you do? Because um, you don't want to not get work or you don't, but you also don't want to overwhelm the person with too much work either, right? So how do you find that balance? You don't want to be like, well, I can't give her that project because she has this new diagnosis, or I can't not give her that project because she has that diagnosis. So it was a, a little dance, right? Because it was new for me, but it was also new for my employer. Um, and just also the way that it kind of, the news came out wasn't, wasn't the way that I wanted it to be shared. Uh, I was very cautious about it, but once it kind of spread, I thought I'm leaning into this because there's nothing I can do about it now. And that's when I said, I'm going to be the best damn thing that ever happened. Um, and that's why the awareness is so important, right? To not just tell people what it is, but also that I can look like this and look good and everything else, but also let you know that a couple of days ago, I couldn't get out of bed or I sure as hell parked in a handicapped spot when I went to Starbucks this morning because I didn't feel like walking um, as far as I could have in the other spot. You know, it's just things that you don't, it's under the surface, it's underneath the surface. So it just, it takes time for people to wrap their heads around how you, how you treat this and, and how you treat um, different scenarios and situations. So have you encountered any misconceptions or stereotypes about people with MS or, or disability in your professional life? Um, and how have you dealt with it? Yeah, I think I have. Um, so I'll, I'll say this, like I mentioned, I don't look like a person who has a disability at all. There's actually a lot of things about me that um, people wouldn't know if they look at me, you know, I'm, I'm an immigrant and, and uh, you wouldn't know that English is my second language. You wouldn't know that, um, you know, I park in a handicap spot. <laughs> you wouldn't know that. So um, yeah, no, I, I, I have on different levels. I think that, you know, just like when my husband and I first started dating and he told people, oh yeah, I'm dating a woman. She's Peruvian. And then they meet me and I walk into the room I'm like, hi y'all. It's like, what? <laughs> the same thing with, oh, my friend has multiple, multiple sclerosis. And I come in and like, just are after going to spin class. Right. I'm like, hey y'all. Yeah. <laughs> and I like mm. a certain way, you know, I think people expect something else. Um, that is a blessing and a curse. I think, uh, the problem with that, at least when it comes to MS, is um, people expect um, expect you to be one way. But again, because MS is is essentially it's a it's 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 your it's your body attacking itself, like I mentioned, right? Uh, and your nervous system. And so the symptoms can range from it, MS is such a weird disease. It's very unpredictable. Your MS looks different than my MS than anybody else's MS. And you just never really know it could impact your sight 
Uh, it can impact, like I was mentioning, the tingliness in your feet and your legs. It also gives me chronic fatigue. It can give people other types of, of symptoms that I, knock on wood, haven't had yet. But, um, but yeah, and so if my feet are tingling or if I'm chronic, if I have chronic fatigue, you can say, well, you can say, well, I'm tired too, Sandy. Yeah, my feet, my feet hurt. So it, it, that's the hard part. You know, when I can say I'm tired and when I can say I can't really stand for too long and things like that, it's no, because I, I know it looks like I'm okay, but I'm not. So that is, I think the biggest misconception is if they think I have, I'm someone with MS, I'm going to walk in with a walker or a cane, um, or I look healthy. So why, you know, why can't I go do that? Why can't I? you know, do X, Y, and Z. So it, it's, it's a tricky game. It really, really is managing expectations with this disease because it is invisible is very difficult. What do you think that employers and, um, and your colleagues can, can play in creating a supportive environment for you and an inclusive work environment where you feel like you can be yourself and if you have those bad days where you can't get out of bed, you're, you don't feel any type of way of, of kind of just explaining that and saying, actually, today I, I, can't, I can't come in today or um, yeah. I, I really need a break. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's such a great question. I think that empathy and compassion go such a long way. Um, so just being really understanding um, it was funny. I was listening to, um, I don't remember who was, was telling the story of like, you know, a woman, one of her colleagues, uh, her husband was very sick at home and one of their colleagues every day would walk up to, to her desk and say, how's your husband? How is he doing today? And this woman, although she was grateful, uh, for, for this colleague, um, you know, she turned to her other colleague and said, every single day, I'm now to the point where I dread her walking up to me because I don't want to talk about it, you know? And here this woman is with the best of intentions, just trying to check in with her colleague on her husband's health because she's his caretaker and sometimes caretakers are forgotten about. But um, it just kind of made me think a little bit because I thought about my situation and I say empathy and I say compassion, but um, you also don't want to be treated differently right? Mm. And so it's kind of, it's this weird balance. Um, but I, I do think it's, it's about just having an open conversation. You know, you don't have to ask me every day, how am I doing? But, you know, if I say, you know, I'm really tired today, uh, maybe not, oh my gosh, me too, you know, mm. or, um, it comes off dismissive, doesn't it? It's not like, it. let me, one yeah, because I, I stayed up late with the baby and did it. It's like, but this is my, my husband does it to me, you know, yeah. like, well, but, but it's different, you know? Um, and I'm not trying to complain. I don't want to seem like a victim, not once, not ever, but there's this element of just thinking about thinking before you speak. Um, I'll tell you working, uh, you know, what the pandemic did for so many of us, you know, as you know, from a DEI perspective is just really diversified, uh, your employees, right. And your candidate pools and all of those things. So, I know the last three years that I've worked from home have been such a blessing. I've never been this productive in my life, which is a good thing and a bad thing because work-life balance, but um, it really does provide an opportunity to 
for those of us that that do need um, sometimes um, a little bit more flexibility, it has it has completely changed the way um, that we live and work in, in a in a positive way, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. I think um, I feel like it's one of the positives that have come out of the the pandemic is that people have and organizations have really opened out the the mindset of of actual flexible working and hybrid working um and it's clearer for them and it's easier for the case to be made that actually having more flexibility in your organization will be able your employees would then be able to be more productive um mm-hmm. And it's different for different organisations. Don't get me wrong. Not all, flexible working doesn't work for everyone on in the same way that it works. Um, it, it works in different ways depending on, on on the services that you provide and how your organisation is set up. But I do definitely agree with you that um, just having that diverse workforce and that flexibility there as an option is is definitely key to to really a successful business. I think. Um, I'm curious for for all the listeners out there and for for anyone that is um, that is listening that may well have a, a disability or a chronic illness um, or actually even suffering with with multiple sclerosis as well. What advice would you give to them when it comes to uh, kind of their career goals and advancing those? Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I'm going to say this, and. I need to practice this every single day. And I have to remind, I almost wake, it's like a mantra. I, I remind me that myself this all the time. Um, give yourself grace. Give yourself grace. I, I, I repeat that to myself every morning because it's hard sometimes. I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. One, as women, as working moms, because we do have so much more on our plate, right? Um, But then as someone with a disability, I want to work even harder than anybody else. I don't know about you. I'm not a very competitive person, but something sparks in me. If someone tells me that I can't. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. I'll turn around and I'll say, watch me. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that's the case with, with those of us that do suffer from a chronic illness or, and, or have any sort of disability or anything that's holding us back that, you know, that we have to prove people wrong. And although that's great, um, there is, um, we can overextend ourselves. Right. And, um, yeah, that happens in a lot of cases. And so we have to remember to give ourselves grace because, because for our health, I mean, like I told you, like I said, MS is triggered by stress and heat. Texas is hot as hell. Uh, I'm barely not alive in the summer. Okay. Yeah. Like I'm right. I'm a, well, for several reasons, I want to move out of the state, but uh, one of them being just, it's, it's so hot here. Um, and so I find that to be extremely difficult. And I find myself apologizing profusely all the time. Um, but it is a matter of people will give you grace if you can give yourself grace to an extent that's it's so much so much harder said than done Mm, no I I I totally agree with you um and it's definitely it's great advice and I think it's advice that can be adopted to 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 everyone I think as well in in the in in a similar way um uh, especially for those that 
are that are facing some barriers in in their life and and in, in advancing their own careers you do tend to just want to do more and like push even harder but um yeah giving yourself grace definitely i i couldn't agree um more than that that is definitely something that, that you want to do um so looking back on your career journey um what would you tell your younger self well looking back on my career journey I don't know that I would have uh, majored in journalism. I'll say that. I some, I'm, sometimes I regret that I did that just because where the journalism field has gone. Um, but looking back at what I've told myself, um, there's going to be setbacks. There's going to be setbacks. Um, in 2017, I was working for a global PR agency and I was managing um, a client, a global client that... Um, essentially, you know, we lost the business. And um, I was part of a global layoff. Uh, very unexpected. It was newly diagnosed with MS. I had, I think, a one and a half year old at the time. Um, and that was really scary. Um, and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, I planned a happy hour. I called it badass PR lady happy hour because I was not thinking. I was just trying to create a space where I could be vulnerable and I can connect with other professionals. And uh, we had a great turnout. It was like 40 or 50 women that showed up. And I think everyone was just like, this is really cool. This is just women being vulnerable and, 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 and connecting with one another. No animosity, no competition, just camaraderie. Uh, and so I created a Facebook page and it's actually how the, I found the job that I've, that I had for, for five years, which was, which was great. And that community grew in the last five years into 2000 plus men and women. So women and, and allies, um, who, who support each other and empower each other. And, um, that's been amazing to watch. That would have never happened if I wouldn't have gone through that setback, right? Um, MS that changed that changed my life but i really do believe it changed it for the better because now i know that um that i have to take care of myself because um you seem like you're this way too we're high functioning right <laughs> yeah <laughs> right yes yes and so when you're high functioning you have very high expectations um and this really i had to peel back the layers and realize i'm vulnerable I'm not as strong as I think I am. And I can't do it all, at least all the time. You can't be all things to all people all the time. And so that um, I'm going to say could be, could be a blessing for me. And then, you know, the end of last year, my last role, I was the, the VP of diversity, equity, and inclusion for um, a mortgage servicer. And, um, you know, we, we had experiencing the, 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 uh, the market and, 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 and mortgage rates. And, you know, we had layoffs and I was laid off. And I think that was probably one of the best things that happened as well. Um, it was, there was, there wasn't really anywhere else for me to go in that organization. So, um, these setbacks, and, and I don't think I would have ever gone out on my own and started my own consultancy if it wasn't for that. Right. But it's something that, now I'm, I'm very newly into it, but this is where I belong. 
right? And it's funny how those life setbacks can be the greatest lessons. And I always say life is what you make of it, right? You can let it happen to you, but it's how you respond to it. So I'm going to create my own damn story. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm not going to sit and be a victim. I am going to make the most of it. So I think that that is what I would tell my younger self is there's going to be setbacks. And guess what? You're going to be fine. In fact, you're going to be better. You're going to be great, but don't sit down and let life happen to you you know, um, write your own story. That's what I would tell myself. Oh, fantastic. That's amazing. Um, thank you so much, Sandy, for, for this fantastic conversation. Like I really enjoyed it. Um, you're literally amazing. <laughs> you're an inspiration. Definitely. I'm so glad that we've been able to have this conversation. You've been able to stay your journey and all the advice and tips that you shared with us as well. It's been so valuable. Um, and it, just before you leave us, what is the best way for anyone who's listening for them to connect with you? Yeah, no, thank you. It was an absolute pleasure. I am honored to do this. Uh, the best way to reach me is to find me uh, via my website, which is SDH, Sandy Diaz Haley, SDHcommunications.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn, also Sandy Diaz Haley. Um, or you can find us on Badass Ladies of DFW, the S's are dollar signs on Facebook. So we're kind of all over the place right now. But oh, yeah, no, yeah. Um, thank you. Oh, no, thank you. And I'm definitely joining the Badass Ladies Facebook group. So one thing that I have learned about Badass Ladies, which I think is important to mention is, you know, it started as like, hey, I'm just going to have this happy hour, but it evolved into this organic thing that I never meant for it to. So five years later, we are rebranding uh, because we need to be more inclusive and not just that, but uh, our website uh, can be a bit of an issue for sometimes pro professionally. Uh, I'm sure you can imagine. So uh, we are, we are rebranding. Uh, we will be TVC, the badass collective, and we are empowering women and allies to define success on their own terms oh that sounds amazing oh thank you sandy i'm definitely going to be linking down all of the um social links that you've explained today so for anyone who's listening they can definitely reach you and thanks again sandy and um, i look forward to speaking with you again in the future as i do as well thank you so much Natasha.